SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza on this uh, day before Thanksgiving, a Wednesday, the 25th. Here is truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to check in? <clears throat> Give us a phone call. It's 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send us a little tweet as we go back and forth here on a couple things. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. And uh, feel free to email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and uh, fire away. Talking a little college football, a little NFLs. We get set for three NFL games. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed uh, for tomorrow's Thanksgiving Day slate. College football, they announced their first uh, uh, Power Five. Excuse me. Uh, we wouldn't want to do that. Uh, announced our first uh, selection committee for the national championship picture, but it is a dominated by power five teams as the biggest slight Cincinnati going to number seven, despite being eight and all being ranked behind, not one, not two, but three teams with losses. And then you got uh, BYU, which uh, is ranked 14th, which I think surprised a lot of people that they were that low. Uh, you got a couple of two loss teams ahead of them. Iowa state has two losses ranked ahead of them. Oklahoma, two losses. Uh, ranked ahead of them, Georgia, two losses ranked ahead of them, and then a slew of others with one loss, all ranked ahead of uh, undefeated BYU, which at this point only has one more game left on its slate against San Diego State, which is not going to get the job done to have them leapfrog all those teams. So unless BYU can schedule another game, they're done. Uh, they're cooked. You know, they'll finish 10-0, maybe 11-0. Uh, I'm sure they'll go to a halfway decent bowl, although I, I must say, you know, they might not even go to one of the big-time bowls, you know, because I got a feeling Cincinnati is going to get slighted as well. And, you know, the highest non-Power 5-ranked team automatically gets to go to a New Year's Day game. And at this point, you know, Cincinnati's sitting in the catbird seat. And, and, you know, so unless the Bearcats lose, and I don't think they're going to the Final Four, uh, you know, BYU may even get that slight. So it, it's it's, uh, it's been a good year, and it might be a frustrating year for, for BYU. We'll break it all down. Some uh, other NFL notes as well. It's a bagels and bad beats on this Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Everyone here you know, wanted to, 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 was excited about and wanted the opportunity to go out there and compete. Um, the, the, the protocols and procedures that are in place to, um, 
to ensure the, the health and well-being of our student athletes is something that we you know, we don't take lightly. Um, there was, you know, every player, every coach. I mean, there was an excitement about you know the week that it, that it, that had led up to the game and the opportunity that was in front of us. And uh, you know, we're competitors, and I, that is that is the reason why you know we have things set up the way that they're set up. Football coaches are not doctors, and some of us might think that uh, that we are, but uh, there's uh, you know there's a reason why uh, the, those those advisors and, and uh, are able to make the decisions from the information that is provided. And, you know, that's something that, um, that, that, that as a coach, you know, we continue to do everything in our power uh, to ensure the, the health and well-being of, of, of our players and, and helping their, them uh, you'll, you'll stay safe through this year and the process. I can tell you that, uh, you know, some of the sacrifices that, that our guys have had to make, I mean, it's, it's, it's been remarkable. <laughs> That's uh, emphasizing current uh, Florida State head football coach Mike Norville because uh, his program is falling apart at the seams. That sounds like the words of a coach that really didn't want to play college football this year. That's really the bottom line. Listen, there was a split this year, no two ways about it, you know, between conferences, between teams and conferences, no doubt between players on teams. Some probably wanted to play, others did not. Same thing with coaching staffs. And Really, that that's the bottom line. It sounds like Florida State really just didn't want to play college football this year, but they were in the ACC. ACC pushed this thing forward because they had Clemson one last year, Trevor Lawrence, so they wanted to play. Uh, so did the SEC and a couple of the others. And uh, ultimately, that the, all the teams had to buy in. But, you know, if they wanted to play against Clemson, they could have. They didn't. You know, Clemson has the right to bitch. Florida State has the right to bitch. You know, ultimately, you're talking about one player. And, uh, you know, as Clemson pointed out, if, if the uh, protocol was going to be if one guy has it and that's going to cancel the football game, then you just wouldn't have college football. It's as simple as that. You're going to have to go through some of these circumstances. Hell, I, I, I remember reading on teams that had 20, 25 players out. Uh, I told you, UCLA had basically its entire starting offense out and, and they played Oregon this past week and nearly won, believe it or not, uh, losing by just three. So. Florida State didn't want to play. That's the bottom line. Why they waited as long as they did, Clemson had to go all the way to Tallahassee. They're all set to play. It's Saturday morning, and then they find out that they're not playing. So I understand why Clemson's pissed off. Uh, you know, if, if Florida State doesn't have the guts to to say, we don't want to play, then they, they shouldn't have brought Clemson all the way down there. But that that's what happened. They found themselves a little out, and ultimately they didn't play the football game. Now it's the bickering back and forth. You know, realistically, outside of the expense of going down there and not playing a game, Clemson didn't lose anything. You know, they, they weren't making the national championship final four based on whether they beat Florida State or not. And Florida State's not going to a bowl game. So uh, there really wasn't lost on the field. It was more just in the pocketbook. The rankings did come out yesterday. I got major issues with the college football rankings. That's the bottom line. I'll start at the top. You know, Gary Barta has no business being the chair. He's the AD at Iowa. That that program has more issues than Carter has pills. They're being sued $20 million for racial discrimination uh, from a bunch of former players who, who thought they got discriminated against because they were black. Uh, they don't know if that program's coming or going. The head coach, Kirk Ferenz, has been there forever. 
uh, was able to survive somehow or another, not being fired. But again, they're being sued for $20 million. They had to fire the strength and conditioning coach. They had to acknowledge that there were some wrongdoings there. This guy should be the last guy, the last guy that should be the selection committee chairperson. You'd like to believe that he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got more worries on whether, you know, Ohio State, Texas A&M, BYU, or Cincinnati get into the Final Four. I mean, his program is being sued for $20 million for racial discrimination in 2020, no less. But this is the guy, somehow or another, that's in charge of who gets to play in the national championship. It, it really it makes no sense to me. Uh, they love the SEC. It's the same old, same old. Alabama's number one. SEC got four teams in the top nine. Four. Nearly half of the top nine teams come from one conference. That's an absolute joke. Uh, they did not like the Big Ten at all. Ohio State is number four, which I don't understand. Northwestern is only number eight, despite being 5-0. and oh. And poor Indiana, 4-1 uh, and one with uh, one of its losses, the only loss, uh, a close one against Ohio State this past weekend. They're all the way down to 12, which is behind not one but two teams with two losses. And behind teams, one loss Miami, one loss Florida, one loss Texas A&M, and one loss Clemson. So they got the last of the one-loss respect factor. Uh, did Indiana. And then being behind a couple of teams with two losses really shows they just didn't like the Big Ten. You know, whether it's Ohio State four, whether it's Northwestern at eight, or whether it's Indiana only at 12, they just poo-pooed the, the, the Big Ten. I don't understand the love affair, and I'm an Irish guy, but I don't understand the love affair for Notre Dame. Irish number two. Uh, listen, they have two wins, uh, you know, with 500 teams on their schedule outside of Clemson. I'm going to throw that out the window. Uh, and, and realistically, Boston College and Pittsburgh are probably going to end up with a 500 record or worse when everything is said and done. Otherwise, you know, South Florida, Duke, you know, Florida State, those, those teams have two or three wins. Really, Notre Dame has played nobody. Their signature win came against a team, Clemson, that was playing with its backup quarterback. And somehow or another, Notre Dame, God bless them, is ranked second in the nation. <laughs> I don't understand that. How did they get the benefit of the doubt over Ohio State, which as a nice win really beat the crap out of Penn State, winning by double digits on the road? They beat a top 10 or top 12 team in Indiana, uh, albeit by one touchdown. But they were winning 35-7 to in the third quarter. That, that, that game was over. They took their foot off the pedal. They slipped up a little bit. We see it happen all the time. Uh, when push came to shove, in order for them to win the football game, they did what was necessary, and they did win. So I, I don't quite get why Ohio State is being snubbed like that. They beat the crap out of Nebraska, you know, which may end up being you know a halfway decent team, and they took care of business against Rutgers. You know, why is Ohio State getting so little love? It really is amazing. And the love affair for the SEC, ex Texas A&M, and Florida being ranked five and six is just not fair. It just isn't fair. They just love. They just love the SEC. It's remarkable. Pac-12, listen, don't bitch and yell too much because when everything is said and done, if they have an undefeated team, seven and zero, oh, I think they'll get in. I, I really do. You know, barring you know Alabama losing in the SEC title game and the SEC getting two slots, but if Alabama wins the SEC. Notre Dame beats Clemson in the ACC. Ohio State runs the table. Those will be your top three. And then I, I do believe uh, a 7-0 USC or a 7-0 Oregon team would get the benefit of the doubt over a two-loss Clemson team. Could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I think uh, they would deserve the right to, to get in. Out and, and, and no way getting in. Cincinnati's not getting in. Barring something crazy. I think they hit a ceiling at seven. That's where they are now. That's the highest ranking ever for a non-Power non 5 team. 
and I just don't think they're going to go any higher than, than seven. BYU, forget about it at 14. There's no way in the world. You know, these teams could have five losses, and they're not getting in. Not with the ridiculous schedule that they have. It's not their fault. They had six Power 5 teams originally on their schedule, but the virus wiped that all out. Uh, they, they got stuck with having to do the Troys and the Texas States and the Texas San Antonios of the world and Navy. Topeka High could be undefeated with their schedule. It is what it is. They may ultimately be a top four team. I kind of doubt it. But with that schedule being that easy, uh, they're just never going to get in. They're just, just never going to get in. I have issues with the four-letter network. You know, what else is new? Because they had uh, Gary Barta on and discussing the first rankings. And again, you know, first rankings are not written in stone. There's four more, and just because a team is seventh doesn't mean that it won't go higher. And if a team is 12th, or or in the case of the Pac-12, if they're uh, 15th like Oregon is, that doesn't mean they're not going to leapfrog some of these other teams, even if those other teams win. Um, but I, I must say there are a number of questions that you could have asked uh, Gary Barta yesterday. And, and I tell you, you know, Reese Davis likes to make fun of a radio host like uh, yours truly. But, you know, stop kissing the guy's ass and start listening to what he's saying. Do your job and maybe we'll get something out of the interview you're having with this guy. He actually had the balls to say that his 13 experts are watching virtually every game. I mean, come on. Come on. It's impossible to be watching every single game. Please, you're not watching every single football game. And then he had the, the goal to say that Clemson had an easy run and has beaten the, all its competition outside of Notre Dame. And it's like, no, they didn't. They struggled against god-awful Syracuse and, and Boston College. What are you talking about? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Mr. Personality himself, Bill Belichick. Uh, I believe that was on WEEI. Poll question. Who got screwed most by the first college football playoff rankings? BYU leading the way at 9-0, and uh, being ranked only 14th, getting uh, just over 54% of the vote. 8-0 Cincinnati being ranked 7th, getting just over 28% of the vote. 5-0 uh, and 0 Northwestern getting 10% and uh, the proverbial other getting 5% uh, with a couple of Floridas and Ohio States uh, as part of the others from people that uh, are uh, texting in. 844-843-6879. We'll hit the phones here in a sec. Just uh, just follow again real quick. I just, you know, the four-letter network just frustrates the hell out of me. It really does. I mean, they have the chairperson on. What's the point of having the guy on if you're not going to ask him real questions? If you're not going to listen to what he says, I mean, the hypocrisy of it all. He just got through saying a ridiculous statement that his guys and gals are watching. Although I don't know if there's a female on the committee this year, um, but he's saying his 13 experts are watching virtually every game, which is idiotic. No one's watching every single game. You know, I, I don't care if you're Joe Lisi or Scott Wetzel or Gary Barta. You're not watching all seven noted, uh, all eight Notre Dame games, all eight Clemson games, all seven Alabama games, all four Ohio State games, all five Texas A&M games, all six 
uh, seven and eight and nine of Northwestern Georgia, Miami, Oakland. You, you're just not. It's impossible. No one's got that kind of time. No one expects them to watch every single game, but you got to get a feel for some of these teams. So he says a ridiculous thing like that, and he's not challenged. And then he goes to say two seconds later, literally two seconds later, about how Clemson has really dominated its competition. It's like, hello, what are you talking about? They struggled to beat Boston College. It was a one-score game. They won by six points. They struggled to beat Syracuse, god-awful Syracuse. That was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Now, they ended up winning 47-21. So if you weren't watching every single game, you'd realize uh, you wouldn't realize that that was a one-score game uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter. But if uh, you're not watching every single game, as we're saying they aren't, you'd look at the score and say 47-21, oh, that was a blowout, easy win. You know, 73-3 Georgia Tech, oh, easy win. You know, uh, 37-13, easy win against Wake. Boy, they're blowing out all the competition. No, their last three games, lose to Notre Dame in double overtime, barely beat Boston College by six, and struggling against Syracuse, which did end up being a 26-point game. But again, it was a one-score game. So don't tell me that you watch every single game in one breath, and then the very next statement you tell me that uh, Clemson is ripping its competition when it struggled the last three games. But again, do we get the four-letter network to challenge the guy? Do we get Reese, who generally does a pretty good job, do we get him to challenge him on that statement? No, of course not. No, the same guy who's running a program that's being sued for $20 million for racial discrimination somehow or another uh, is in charge of the uh, selection committee, and he's throwing out junk like that. But are we going to challenge him on that? No, of course not. 844-843-6879. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Mikey in uh, North Bergen, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? How are you this morning, bud? Hey, good morning, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, brother. I hope you enjoy the food and the games tomorrow, bro. Thank you, Mike. You too. You too, man. I appreciate that. Uh, no doubt, man. So check this out, dude. We're going to have the NFC East duking it out tomorrow, man. I hope Riverboat Ron goes in there and spoils the party for these cowgirls. You know, they've been quieter than Church Mouse these last past couple weeks. They win one stupid game, Scott, and then all of a sudden these bird brains want to start running their mouth. These fair-weather Dallas fans, I'm so sick of it. I hope Ronnie goes in there tomorrow and punches them right in the face. And then <laughs> Sunday, here comes the Giants, baby. We're going to take out that backup quarterback in the Bengals. You know, and then the Battle of the Birds Monday. You know, Wentz is going to lay another fart. So here we go, baby. What do you think, Scott? You got any ponies tomorrow? You got, I, I tell you, Mike, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but you very well, you meaning the Giant, you could be in first place when this weekend is said and done. You, I mean, at least tie for first place anyway, which is what will be because you'll be tied with the winner of Washington, Dallas. And you're right. I, if, if you're a Giants fan and you want to make the playoffs, you should be rooting for Washington tomorrow because I don't think Washington is very good. Whereas Dallas, eh, you get a couple of wins with that Dallas schedule being as easy as it is. And it is a joke. Uh, I, I could see them putting three or four games together. You got to figure Philadelphia is going to be losing Monday night to Seattle because uh, Philadelphia is a train wreck. Oh, so yeah. everything goes the right way for the Giants. But here's the question, Mike. And I brought this up uh, earlier this week. Uh -huh. I don't know if you're listening. But if the Giants make the playoffs, let's say they win the division and they lose in the first mm -hmm. round, you're going to be drafting 19th if they because it doesn't go by records it goes by the teams that make the playoffs and the teams that don't make the playoffs and if you make the playoffs 
even if you have five or six wins, you're going to be drafting after, you know, a nine and seven AFC team that doesn't make the playoffs. So do you make the playoffs, risk losing in the first round and draft 19th, or do you not make the playoffs, finish with probably a top five or six draft choice order and, and, and you know, draft fifth or sixth? Which one do you want? I'll tell you what, Scott, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather make the playoffs. I mean, I understand, you know, we still got to build, but I feel like this will be a big test. This will let us know if Jones got it or not, you know, if he's got that pizzazz that we're looking for. Because right now, he's not playing too good. That's obvious. So I think if uh, this kid can get that experience and we can see if he's really got that fire in him, you know what I mean? That, that'll be a good test moving forward. So, I mean, I do understand, you know, what, what, what we can possibly sacrifice and, you know, having uh, earlier draft picks and whatnot. But, I mean, let's be honest. Has that worked out for us the last past couple of years? We've been picking early these last past couple of years, Scott. It hasn't really been helping us out. So, you know, us Giants fans, bro, we're prideful. I'm tired of this crap we've been putting on the field for years. So if we can get in the playoffs with a crappy record, I'll take that any day, dude. Yeah, I, I, good call, Mike. You know, that really should be the attitude. It, it, it really should. I, I, I'm glad you said that because, you know, as unrealistic as it may be to, to get to the Super Bowl, I, I will say if you do face Tampa Bay in that first round, you know, listen, you went toe-to-toe with them, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. So maybe you are capable of knocking them off. But you really should, as a fan, I, I posed that question earlier in the week. You really should be rooting for your team to win. And if it means sliding down 10, 15 slots draft order-wise, you're right. How many teams just have busts every single year in the first and second rounds? So there, there's no guarantee. You know, if you were getting the number one pick, maybe number two pick might be a different story because – you, you could parlay that into a bunch of picks, you know, if, if you don't want to use them and, and trade that away. But, you know, five, six, seven, while that's nice, yeah, you, you got to root for your team to win. You, you just do. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, and it is it's setting itself up for the Giants to be in first place this weekend. How about how about how crazy is that? I mean, the breaks are going the Giants way with the Bungles and no Joe Burrow for sure. Uh, Andy in San Antonio. What's up, Andy? How you are? How, uh, how are you this morning, bud? My man, Scott. Good morning, brother. Well, I want to I want to piggyback on your last caller. Number one, yeah, Daniel Jones sucked. Anybody, Stevie Wonder can see that. Daniel Jones sucks. Number one. Right. Number two. <laughs> number two. This weekend's game, the Cowboys and the Redskins, or Washington football team, whatever you want to call them, I don't care. Um, this I don't understand that you know three point line. Okay, yeah, Cowboys got the Cowboys got the break speed off of them earlier this year by Washington. I get that, but Washington sucks. There's no Washington is horrible. I mean, I'm rooting for Alex Smith because hell, the guy almost got his leg cut off, but you know, not this week, of course. But that's the only thing about the the Washington that I'm rooting for. You know, I don't I don't understand that line. This almost seems like they're begging you to take Dallas. They're begging. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I have, you know. But this is just national, like the Cowboys nation. Come off a great win. Yeah, and it's a national team. I'm sorry, uh, and it's a nationally televised game, too. Good. You know, I mean, that, that throws a little extra, you know, people are going to be betting, you know, the games because it's on TV. It's Thanksgiving, and, and you're right. I mean, exactly. I, I don't understand that. Only a three-point line. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Yeah. They're be- I mean, you, 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 that's a, a great point. They're, be- they're begging you to take Dallas. 
I don't I if you I think Cowboys are going to win. I mean, Washington's horrible. Dallas come off a great win last week, even though you know coming off a great win, came off of two solid performances between all going all the way back to Pittsburgh, and what they should have actually they should have won against Pittsburgh, and then last week against Minnesota. I don't know, man. I mean, what do we always say? You know, how does how we always leave every game? How does Vegas know? Something tells me that Cowboys are going to wet the bed. But would it surprise you? Would it surprise you Cowboys going to get the brakes beat off them Thursday? No. But something tells me. I mean, they should, should they win? Yes. Should they dominate Washington? Well, but the problem is people don't forget that Cowboys' offensive line is still makeshift. And what is, what is, what is Washington – been doing to every team. The defensive line been dominating and tearing them up. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. I think it might no, be a long day. You know, yeah, I, I don't know, boy. I, I do. I do love Dallas, though. I, I you know, out of all the games uh, from from tomorrow, the, those are the ones. And I appreciate the phone call, but um, boy, I tell you, Washington, like I said, had no business beating Cincinnati. They were lucky to beat Detroit the, the week before. They were falling apart at the seams, uh, you know, and then they get a, a late field goal to, to win the game. Or they, they lost. They should have beaten Detroit the week before, I must say. They should have beat. But they fell behind. They, they really, you know, if not for Detroit, you know, falling apart late, uh, they would have gotten their butts kicked out of that game. Uh, and, again, they had no business winning against Cincinnati. I, I don't know, boy. Dallas leaning three, but that does. It has got sucker written all over it. But uh, you know what? I'm going to bite tomorrow. I, I will. All right, Vegas and Bad Beats. More phone calls coming up. 844 Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. When you take your sledgehammer on the road, can you put it in the overhead bin or do you have to check it? Well, that's the beauty of flying charters. So it's it's uh, packed packed in a nice safe bag. Vegas the bad beats on a uh, a Wednesday morning. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. That's the uh, Mike McCarthy new. Mike McCarthy, uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. It's a little weird saying the uh, Dallas Cowboys head coach, right? But uh, talking about how we had the sledgehammer and watermelons uh, on, a, on a flight to Minnesota before uh, a Saturday night as they were prepping for the game against uh, the Vikings, and he took it out, and he was smashing watermelons. Instead of the smashing pumpkins, we have the smashing watermelons. I, I just can't picture Mike McCarthy doing that. I just did not see it. It's like Bill Belichick, you know, in, in a different way. It's kind of like Bill Belichick, right? Would you ever see Belichick do something like that? No. Uh, you know, McCarthy might be next in line as far as a lack of personality that you would ever expect. But uh, that's apparently what he did. So, yep, got a pretty good game. I, and I, I do. I, it's a little weird to see that football game be only three with the boys in Vegas. We'll run it all down one more time before we are through. We'll take a peek at uh, at Friday's games as well in college football. Uh, 844-843-6879. I must say, I'm, I'm at a quandary here. You know, every once in a while, I, I need some help. You know, we had a little pop quiz yesterday. 
in uh, in baseball as far as uh, which teams were going to be playing in the uh, the game uh, in Iowa, you know, to honor the Field of Dreams. Here's another one that I'm just, I don't know, I'm just stumped. Maybe you can help me out here. Uh, Cooper Cup of the uh, uh, L.A. Rams, right, had a terrific game against the Bucks on Monday night. Uh, is on his way to his second straight 1,000-yard season. Uh, you know, doesn't get a lot of credit uh, for being a terrific wide receiver. He had 11 catches, 145 yards against the Bucks, right? So Packers wide receiver, Devontae Adams, pretty good in his own right, obviously. Uh, went to Twitter, had high praise for Cup, uh, saying that the Cooper Cup is the most underrated player. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Cooper Cup is the most underrated uh, receiver in the league. He, he went on Twitter. And I said, okay, you know, you know what? That, that's not a bad uh, little thought there. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. You know, what, what is it about Cooper Cup that would make him underrated? Hmm. He plays wide receiver. All right. So why would he be underrated? I, I don't know, Scott. Maybe because he wears number 10? No, no. That, 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 you know, that's kind of strange for a wide receiver. I'll admit that. But I, I don't think that's it. Um, you know, Cooper Cup. Picture Cooper Cup. What is so different about Cooper Cup? playing wide receiver um how about he makes 15 million dollars a season after his latest extension not 20 million like some of these guys are now crazily making no you know 15 million is a pretty good sum for a wide receiver it's it's not uh you know more cooper 20 million but you know 15 million is respectful hmm. let's see cooper cup picture cooper cup look at his face look at his body hmm. maybe that he's only six two you know, he's not 6'4", like some of these wide receivers are. No, no 6'2 is not bad, Scott, for a wide receiver. He could be taller, but we've seen wide receivers be shorter for sure. Tyreek Hill is only about 5'10", 6 feet, right? A bunch of others. So, no, not 6'2". Not, not, hmm. not that he's 6'2", not that he wears number 10, not that he makes only $15 million a year. Uh, drafted in the third round. He's not a high draft choice. Maybe that's why, Scott. No, the third round pick's not too, too bad. You know, and listen, Tom Brady last I checked wasn't drafted in the first three rounds, so he turned out pretty well. So, no, that, that can't be it. Hmm, Cooper Cup. What? Look at him. I'm, I'm picturing Cooper Cup right now. Uh, how about a weird name, Cooper? Well, it is kind of strange. Or Cup, you know. Yeah, actually, it's got a nice little ring to it, Cooper Cup. You know, you would think that would be a name that people would remember. No. I don't, I don't know. I don't, Cooper Cup playing wide receiver. I just uh, you're, you're going to have to tweet me on why do you think he, out of all the players, uh, is not getting the respect at the wide receiver position. I, I just uh, I just can't figure it out. So you guys help me out there. Um, does he play defensive back as well? You know, maybe maybe you can throw him in there as a defensive back. Does that give you a little hint? What a goof. You, you, you know why. You know why. Uh, I'm like uh, Ralph Cramden here. You know why. I know why. That You know why he's underrated. You know why. Oh, yeah. You know why. That's a great. Uh, the honeymooners. That, that's a great. Uh, great. You know, when you do like all-time series, there was only about 30 episodes, believe it or not, of the honeymooners. If you think you've seen every one, you probably have. Uh, there really weren't that many, but uh, Rob Crandon, he, he was he was funny. He, he, that was a great thing. You know why he was really talking about Alice. You know why, then I know why, then you know why I'm not going to go out there. It's because you catch a cold <laughs> when it was snowing outside and he was uh, sitting outside because of his rent.
25 semifinals for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2021 revealed yesterday. It's going to be tough. You know, it used to be where there was an unlimited amount of people getting in, right? And then these things were going way too long because they were putting seven, eight, nine guys in. It was taking an eternity, especially when you get the uh, the Jerry Jones of the world that would speak for an hour and a half. So now they've limited to five in addition to the three others, uh, you know, from the coaches committee, the contributors committee, and the uh, seniors committee. They all get one representative. So they only get five others. You know, one is going to be Peyton Manning. That That's probably, to me, the only absolute, absolute. Other first ballot considerations, Charles Woodson and Calvin Johnson. While both probably will end up in the Hall of Fame, I don't consider them first ballot guys. Now, I do consider first ballot a special honor, more so in baseball, uh, but uh, e- even in the NFL, I, I don't, there is a little something extra you know, I'm a big believer in, well, if you're a, if you're a Hall of Famer ballot number two, then you're a Hall of Famer ballot number 10. You know, some of these guys that wait forever, what 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 changes? Nothing, really. But I do put a distinction in first ballot. To me, you got to really be one of the absolute, absolute bests. And while Woodson and Calvin Johnson are Hall of Famers, I'm not ready to put them in that category. Uh, defensive backs with Woodson, it's tough. It, it really is. He was terrific, but... Um, you know, it, it's hard not to be able to rank guys when you're talking about running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks. Those are obviously the easiest defensive players. Not so Johnson, you know, terrific, but he bailed out on Detroit. Don't blame him for that, but he cut his career short. So I'm not putting him on the first ballot hall of fame. So then you got cornerback, Eric Allen. He was good, but I'm not, he's not a hall of famer in my eyes. Jared Allen, same thing, borderline, not a hall of famer. Offensive tackle, Willie Anderson, no. Rondé Barber, no. Cornelius Bennett, no. I'm, I'm going to put Tony Baselli in. His career was cut short by injury, but he was. You know, those Jacksonville Jaguars team with Fred Taylor, he, he was really good. So I'm going to put him in, and it's tough as an offensive uh, tackle to get in. Leroy Butler, safety, eh. Alan Fanica eh, with the Jets and Steelers, nah. Rodney Harrison, you know, that's a, that's a toughie. Uh, that's a toughie. Tory Holt, another one, you know, the fun bunch and everything. You know, if they would have won a couple of more Super Bowls, um, I, I'm going to hold off on him. He's one that I got to look up his numbers. Uh, I do think safety John Lynch should be in the Hall of Fame. He, he was terrific. Clay Matthews Jr., I, I get all those Clay Matthews guys all confused, so I don't know. Sam Mills, borderline. You know, real good case of being a real good player. New Orleans Saints linebacker, but maybe not Hall of Famer and probably hurt by the lack of team success. Richard Seymour, defensive lineman. Those defensive linemen are tough. Uh, I'll I'll let someone else rank him, but I'm going to say no. Steve Tasker, no. Fred Taylor, you know, his numbers are actually pretty good. You know, out of all the guys that you list as running back, he tends to get forgotten with those Jacksonville Jaguars team, but he he was real good. I would put him in the Hall of Fame. Zach Thomas, as a Dolphin fan, I'd love to see him get in, but he was a terrific player, but he wasn't a Hall of Fame player. Heinz Ward, yes, I would. I I, I think Heinz Ward was one of the best all-around wide receivers we've ever seen. He had no qualms going deep. He had no qualms going over the middle, and he had no qualms blocking as well for those Pittsburgh Steelers teams. Um, I'm not going to say he never got the respect because he did when he was playing, but I want to see him get the respect. He really should be in the Hall of Fame. So, and then they got a few others, Reggie Wayne, eh, 
Patrick Willis, you know, bounced around the league a little bit. The Bryant Young, Darren Woodson again. Nah. So my five would be Peyton Manning, Heinz Ward, in no particular order. Uh, Heinz Ward, John Lynch, Tony Baselli, and Fred Taylor. Those would be my five. If you're limiting it to five as they are, uh, you know, I'll hold off on Woodson. I'll hold off on Calvin Johnson. Both those guys will definitely get in um, eventually, but just not on first bout. Those would be my five. And then you're going to get Tom Flores out of the coaches committee, Bill Nunn out of the contributors committee, which is goof. And then Drew Pearson uh, from the seniors committee. And I, I don't, you know, nothing for nothing, but Drew Pearson should not be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Um, you know, he was good, you know, nice player on those Dallas Cowgirl teams, but Hall of Fame player, nah, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. But th those are my guys that should be in. You know, friends like this, you don't need enemies. Kind of funny. You know, we brought this up before. It, it's remarkable how you got to come to Bagels and Bad Beats to get the real story. Aaron Rodgers was on uh, one of our programs here, the Pat McAfee show, right? And uh, they were talking about the, the Valdez-Scantling uh, fumble there in overtime, which led to the Colts win over the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Valdez was saying yesterday or two days ago that he was getting death threats on Twitter, which is just idiotic. I mean, listen, uh, you could be the biggest Packer fan in the world. Uh, whether you're serious or not, who knows, right? There's a lot of nuts out there. You know, in my podcast, every day I read stories of just wacky people doing dumb things. You just don't know how serious a threat is. It's easy to write it off, no big deal. That's ah, just Twitter, guy being adult. But who knows? Who who knows in 2020, right? So he, he told the world, the, the, the Valdez Scantley, that he's been getting death threats because he dropped the football and fumbled the football. And that led to the Colts uh, kicking the game-winning field goal in overtime. So Rodgers was asked about that uh, on uh, the Pat McAfee show. And I'll read you his, uh, his reaction. I think we need some perspective, uh, Rodgers said, in this time about production. Everybody wants to make these knee-jerk reactions to things, and you forget about the facts. As the kids say these days, the big facts, uh, that there's a human element to this. Anybody who's so distraught about this that they need to go to Twitter and talk about killing someone I would suggest that you relax. It's a game. We're all trying our best. We're trying to entertain you, but we're also trying to do our best because we have a lot of pride in our performance. No one's trying to uh, F up anything. And he actually swore, uh, which was surprising. So what's the problem? No real problem. And this is a rare case where it reads better than what it is. Normally, it reads worse than what it is. Uh, this actually reads better in that, all right, you know, Rogers is saying, you know, relax. Anybody who's so distraught about going to Twitter and talking about killing someone, uh, you know, relax a little bit. It's a game. We're trying our best here. But when you heard him say it, it was just, you know, he's so laid back. It, it's really amazing. You know, he's got a casual setting. It's the one thing that, that Pat, uh, you know, has Rogers on every week. I guess they're buddies somehow or another. I don't know how they are, but they are. Uh, so it's a real casual, laid-back setting. And I don't know, you know, if, if my guy about this Scantling is getting death threats, I'd be a little bit more boisterous in my defense of him. I'd be saying, like, what are you guys, freaking nuts? You know, you, you, the guy dropped the football. Big stinking deal. He fumbled the game. Big, big deal. You know what? Uh, I shouldn't have spiked the ball. Wetzel was right. I shouldn't have spiked the ball on first down with 42 seconds left. That was stupid. That cost us the game. We should have won the game at overtime. 
But instead, and the guy talks about getting death threats, and he just said, eh, yeah, no big deal. Just, just relax. I leave my guy alone. I don't know. Friends like that, uh, who needs enemies? I, I just like to have had him come to Valdez Scantley's defense. Just a little bit more boisterous than what he did. All right, Vegas and Bad Beats will wrap up shop with a winner for tomorrow's game. Maybe a basketball winner for tonight as well. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Beats on this uh, Wednesday morning. We'll get you a couple of winners, a couple of stories here that we didn't have time to delve into. How about a bad beat, all right? Living up to our moniker. Casey in Vegas, uh, someone on Twitter uh, sent out that uh, some uh, schmuck did a 19 parlay, which is stupid to begin with. So you get what you deserve doing a 19 parlay. But he had one in the Kansas City uh, Raiders game on uh, Monday night. And his last one, apparently he hit eight of the nine, all prop bets. And uh, the ninth one was over 16 and a half rushing yards, quarterback Pat Mahomes, which he had 18 until he took two kneel downs to end the game, and he ended up with 16. Oh, that's that's a bad beat. That is a bad beat for sure. Uh, Randy Rosarina, remember him? Tampa Bay Devil Dog, uh, lighting up the stars in the World Series playoffs. You know, the greatest things since sliced bread, 377, 20 postseason game. Really a great, great story. Uh, yeah, he's in trouble with the uh, domestic violence uh, allegations against him uh, in Mexico. So his bubble is clearly burst uh, for sure. Uh, no update on Dallas strength and conditioning coordinator Marcus Paul rushed to the hospital yesterday morning. Family sending out some tweets asking for miracles and prayers. Boy, that does not look good at all. Really doesn't. Our, our best wishes go out to him and his family for sure. Uh, college basketball. We got a full slate of games today. A number of cancellations, but a full slate. So let's pick out a winner, shall we? We're going to go to uh, up in New England where we're going to grab the Stags of Fairfield. Two o'clock Eastern time start getting 20 at Providence. Providence halfway decent, nothing spectacular. Fairfield, you know, should be able to keep this one semi-close. So give me the stags to kick off the college basketball year. And I'm going to go with the Cowgirls uh, tomorrow. I'm going to lay the three. I'm going to bite. Poll question, BYU. Most screwed team in college football's playoff rankings, getting 55% of the votes. Cincinnati, 28% and 10% uh, for uh, Wisconsin. Or uh, for uh uh, for our last uh, little entry there. So great job by the phone calls, emails, and tweets. Enjoy Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks for the
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.